0: Isn't it interesting how in in anticipation of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples are sent to make preparations only to hear and find that preparations have already begun. They've already been made, at least in good part. The Lord describes to to his followers as, as if he were presently there. As if he could already see a man, and he describes his activity. You will run it, you will encounter a man, and he will happen to be carrying a water jar. He doesn't give any description of the man as if he had already met him once before. Like, oh, there's this one man I've I've met before. You You know, this is his color hair, this is his height, this is his demeanor, you can't miss him. No, he's describing something that he will happen to be doing when the disciples run into him. And not only will said man have a spare room available for them to partake in, but when they get to it and they make the request that the Lord has issued them, they will go up and find a room already furnished, already prepared for their exact number. It's not the first time that you know, we see something like this happen where the lord asks us to make some gesture some preparation some he asks us to fulfill some task only to find his work already begun where our work begins if you remember there's another eucharistic kind of scene that we see at the end of john's gospel john chapter 21 the final scene the final resurrection scene before you know the end of that of that gospel where Peter, James, and John have all gone out to fish once again and kind of mirroring the beginning, the the first impression uh, scenes that we have at the the beginning of the gospel where the Lord makes his uh, first acquaintance with them. He calls out and says, throw your nets to the other side and you will find something. And then they do, they catch a lot there's a large catch of fish and they bring it to the shore. He welcomes them and says, Come have breakfast, and they show up, and there's already fish already broiled, the charcoal fire prepared for them. And yet still he says, Bring some of the fish you have caught. I suppose you could say that with this there's you know the the Lord welcomes them to, encourages uh, you know, them to take part or make a contribution to the great feast that we've all been destined for. In fact, that's something that's, that's an invitation that's made of all of us at any time. We're all called to prepare in a place where Jesus has already made preparations for us if this were not the case we probably wouldn't be alive right now because if the Lord has done everything then why wouldn't we be in heaven with him now but rather just as the Lord came here came to earth took our flesh died upon the cross Rose again here in that place where all these miracles have happened. He asks us to make a gift, to make an offering. Without His sacrifice, without His gift, our gifts would mean nothing. But now, when joined to His, now it's worthy, now it is sanctifying. One of the customs I'm glad we're returning to is one of the blessings that has now continued, now that the guidelines have uh, been lifted or relaxed uh, to a certain degree, the presentation of the gifts. I forgot how much I loved it after we kind of put a halt to that this, this past year. But notice that everything that is brought forward well, the bread and the wine, notice, I mean, though not every church gets this right, I mean, we, sometimes, sometimes we slip on this. Sometimes water is included within the gifts, and we're not supposed to, because water is not a gift. Or rather, it's not our gift. God makes it. We don't make it. But the wine, yes, we do make that. The bread, yes, we do make that. We don't make the wheat, but we make the bread. We don't make the grapes, but we do make the wine. And the Lord asks us to bring those forward, and when joined to his sacred altar, they are no longer mere bread and wine, but something far beyond that. The Eucharistic reality, the celebration of the body and blood of Christ, is a time to realize the gratitude of heaven. And I don't mean just our gratitude is sent up to heaven, but I mean the gratitude on God's behalf. Do we realize how pleased He is to receive the little that we have to give? And furthermore, do we realize... When that gratitude reaches the altar, when it comes back to us, what those gifts have become and what they now can do. A special time is set aside every single year, two weeks after Pentecost, a solemnity of the Holy Body and Blood of Christ to ponder that reality. Your gifts, because of the perfect gift once given 2,000 years ago, everything you have to offer has value beyond measure. This is why, you know we're, we're called in our faith to, to cherish the Eucharistic feast, but more than that, the Eucharistic life, which means... Every task, every little offering, day to day, can now be caught up in the perfect offering and will always have a sanctifying effect. Every act, every little responsibility, it all becomes sanctifying. There's a certain expression the church has about this Eucharistic reality. The church has told us that grace builds upon nature now because of Jesus. Grace builds upon nature, heals it, and perfects it. But never is nature replaced. What do we mean by that? Well, it means that in part, where once before I suppose, without this, you know, getting up, just getting up in the morning was just as ordinary as say any other kind of passing moment. But now, getting up in the morning, especially when we get up with it, say without the snooze button, when we just get up, that's that is an act of charity. When you rise from your bed, the very first of Acts, to the point at which we go back down to bed once again, even that is a participation in the Eucharist and will lead to your sanctification, will lead to your holiness. The Lord doesn't forfeit the little things but gathers them up. And when He gathers them up, transforms them and transforms us. It's important to realize this as I imagine it's easy to think that you know grace is the only... You know, the grace of God is all that will work for us. The grace of God is, is all that will lead to our salvation and while that's true grace is absolutely necessary that's not all that God wants it's not just the gift of his perfect son but he wants because of his perfect son he wants gifts from all his children he doesn't want his son in heaven with him he wants his family in heaven with him. Let's ponder that. Let's treasure that. And let's never let each other, let's one another, let's never let one another forget it. Twenty-four years ago, on this day, I received communion for the first time. And it's always a very treasuring memory to return to this day. I encourage you all to remember your first communion days. And may it be as rich today as it was then. Thanks be to God.